Thank you for listening to the podcast of Palmetto Baptist Church. We pray that as you listen to the following message, that it will encourage you to continue to connect, grow, and serve in your relationship with God and with others. John chapter 3, a story that's known to us about Nicodemus. He was a ruler of the Jews. And he came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Oh, what a great verse this is. Ah, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus saith unto him, Well, how, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, You didn't hear me the first time. I'll tell you again. Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. I, I guess Nicodemus heard it the first two times, but let's say it one more time. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. The truth then is present today. The problem, you see, is many times there are some things substituted uh, for this simple little story in the Gospel of John. Father, I pray your blessings upon the reading of your word. You've told us that it will not return unto you void, and I ask that tonight. Thy spirit, speaking through these lips of clay, through my heart, into the hearts of others that are present. We'd ask, Lord, that you'll bless the message the messenger, and those that hear. I pray only that Christ will be honored in all of these things, for it's in his name that we pray. Amen. A new year. Uh, Holidays make it easy for an opening statement by preachers. A new year with new events, new troubles, New victories. Uh, Dates are important to us. Uh, In my family, uh, I had a younger brother. We celebrated his birthday on the 27th of March for years and years and years and years until it was necessary one day for him as he was applying to law school that he have a birth certificate. And we found out he wasn't born on March 27th. He was born on March 28th. (laughs) And my mom evidently forgot. It was a family joke. Now, added to the confusion to me, you see, is that I have a son-in-law who was born on the 28th uh, of March, and Winnie and I were married either the 27th or the 28th. She has to keep reminding me because things don't work always as they should. I was born on February 8th. A lot of other famous people were born on February the 8th. 
that great Yankee general, William T. Sherman, born on February 8th. Uh, shame on us for saying that. Lana Turner was born on February 8th. Boy Scout anniversary is on February the 8th. Jack Lennon was born on February 8th. Audrey Meadows was born on February 8th. Nick Nolte, Cleet Boyer, that great third baseman, was born on February 8th. And the, the novelist John Grisham also barred, since I was born, born first, barred my birthday. And I guess one of the things I remember is that James Dean was also born not only on the February the 8th, but we were born the same year. Of course, he's dead and I'm dying. That's neither hither nor thither. That's not the important birthday in my life. I celebrate it every year, not as often as I used to. But on January the 9th, 1954, my former pastor introduced me to the person of Jesus Christ. I became aware of the fact that I had to be born again. You see, we have all kinds of things that happen that are important to us, and we forget. Now, you don't have to know the exact day or the exact hour that you were born again. I happen to remember that. I also remember that I was born, uh, baptized on the 24th of January, 1954. And I was a growing lad. Ah, young people, don't waste your early years. So much can be done to honor Christ while you were yet maybe preteen or a teenager. I was almost, well, I was 23 years old when I got saved. All of those years passed, none of it was done. None of it honored Christ. None of it happened so that that second birth who came later would be pleasing to the Lord. Jesus thinks it's important when he says to this one man three times, you must be born again. Not maybe, not hope so. Don't join the church, that's okay. But you see, if I were to ask here in the normal congregation, I'd say, well, how many of you believe the Bible? Yeah, we believe the Bible. Uh, how many of you think about going to heaven? Yeah, we think about going to heaven. How many think about dying? Well, we don't want to think about that. But let me tell you, you need to be ready because we're all going down the same path unless Jesus comes before, we're, before we physically die. I believe the Bible. I believe that when Jesus told me I needed to be born again, it was sufficient in my heart, my life, even at that age. So the great mystery... In John 3, 3, the question was asked, and Jesus answered and said, Verily, verily, or we might say truly, truly, for sure, absolutely, Jesus said, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Mm. That's pretty stringent, is it not? That's pretty narrow. If we were to look at Jesus today, we say he was a narrow preacher. In the years that have passed, we have tendency, 
I do. Because God blessed me so many times in so many ways in the years since God saved me and called me to preach and gave me the joyous pleasure of pastoring churches. And every time I see someone up here baptizing, it reminds me of some cases where even baptism uh, can be interesting. When we were still meeting in a schoolhouse in Fayetteville, we didn't have a baptismal pool, so we borrowed one from the Kenwood Baptist Church down there. And I said, come on, we'll fill it up, and it'll be ready. We had about a dozen people to baptize. Wasn't that wonderful to have a dozen people to baptize all at once? So we had a special service planned that afternoon for these who had been born again, entering a new life in Jesus Christ, who we went to the church, and the fellow told me when we came, we've got a problem. What's the problem? The heater's not working. Oh, is that bad? Yes, we pumped the water right out of the well, and it's there in the baptismal pool. And we had folks gasping for breath as they were lowered into the water and risen to walk in newness of life. And they rejoiced in the fact that we brought them back out of the water. There's so many experiences that I've had in the past as a pastor that are a blessing to me. A man with a bad back, we had to baptize him in a chair uh, because he couldn't just bend back like this. Had another fella in the baptismal pool to help me to baptize. I had a one-legged fella. Six foot, about six foot five or six, big old tall, looked like a football player, only had one leg. He worried we are going to drown him. They, they, these are strange things that happen in your life. But what happens, you see, when we get to the new year, we need to be looking, yes, forward to what's coming up but rehearse in our mind the things that God has allowed us to see in our past and draw refreshment from them. Can't stay there forever, though, because God's got great things to do for us in the future. I guess we might say that this could be the, right now, maybe the 30 most important minutes in your life. We never know. When we have a congregation... Uh, God is dealing with the hearts of different ones. And we don't know any time when we're preaching. And the Holy Spirit is using the pastor, the preacher, and speaking to the hearts of those that are present. If something needs to be done and the Holy Spirit is wooing us, we need to be prepared to say, yes. Isaiah, who will go with me? Who will go for me? Isaiah said, I will. We see again and again and again in the Old and the New Testament, when God spoke to people and uh, the question was given to them, they said, I'll go. These could be important minutes statistically because we all have a need, maybe more. I have a need in my heart. I want to be more like Jesus. I want to be just the man Jesus wants me to be. Back in, in 1 Samuel, we, they, they were talking about, about uh, Israel overcoming the wicked king. And God said, now when you go in here, the Amalekites, you need to kill them all. Utterly kill them all. Men, women, children, kill them all and, and their beasts as well. They didn't believe that. 
The king says, well, uh, that'd be wasting a lot of money if we went ahead and killed all of these cows and sheep and whatever. Let's, I'll tell you what we'll do in his mind. He says, we'll take the best ones and put them off to the side and we can use them later either for food or for money and kill all the sick ones, all those that are less than what God wants them to be. That's what we do with our lives. We think, well, I have this little problem and I'll, I'll give that away, but I'm going to hold on to the things that are important to me. No. There are things that are important to us that are not important to God at all. Can we understand that? Time is an important factor in all of our lives. We jokingly say that if we go, say, to uh, Golden Corral, you want to get up there before the church crowd, right? You don't want to wait in line a long time. If you're watching something on the television, man, this is never going to be over. Uh, we see a movie on television, it's two hours. We don't have any problem with it at all. Sitting there two hours. Football. Anybody watch any football games? Yeah. Football games now look like they're supposed to be an hour, but by the time the referees get finished, we'd last about an hour and a half, two hours. We don't have any problems sitting around waiting and looking. I see some things sometimes that... Uh, You've probably seen this, too. We're up at the Walmart, and they have this salon in there. And these ladies will find themselves a seat, and they put their feet in this little bin, and they'll get a pedicure. I don't want people messing with my feet. <laughs> but, but you think that's the best thing could ever happen to anybody, to have their feet messed with by somebody else. They don't mind sitting there half hour, 45 minutes to get that done. We had a barber in our neighborhood when I was younger, back when I used a quarter, quarter to get a haircut. And we called him Engine Joe. Reason did, you'd, <laughs> many when he, he scalped you in a hurry. We'd have a bench outside his place and it'd be all filled up. And, and we'd look and we'd say, Oh, it's going to be a long time. No, it won't be five minutes. And he, he took about a minute to get all that he needed to do. But we didn't think a whole lot about the time that was going into that. Let me tell you what's the highlight to me. Maybe not anyone else. The highlight of my week when I pastored was Sunday when I preached the Word of God. And even more glorious than that, is to see somebody that you could tell. The Holy Spirit of God would say, that person's under conviction and God's going to do a work in his or her heart. And then find out later that the wife says, he just held on to the bench till his knuckles turned white and he didn't do anything about it. But as soon as he got home, he threw away his whiskey and his cigarettes and he prayed that God would save him the next day. The next week he came and presented himself as a candidate for baptism. My. You see... What Jesus is telling these people here, telling us today, is that you must be born again. Uh, we're not talking about joining the church. We're not even talking about attending church. We're not talking about any of these things. Jesus says you must be born again. He said, I go to church. Yeah, lost people go to church. Satan goes to church. 
Well, I joined the church. That's good. I've been baptized. That's good. But you see, if baptism did the saving, I'd get me one of them gallon jugs of water and I'd walk around here, I'd baptize everybody I run into. But that's not it. We have to personally, within our heart, directed and guided and strengthened by the Holy Spirit of God, said, I'll take Jesus as my Savior. I'll be born again. But there's not anything that we can do to brag about it. Because he's the one that empowers this salvation. And we can pray. I think prayer is important. I'm not talking about now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. That's good prayer for a two-year-old. God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for this food. Uh, our brother this morning talked about, well, I ought to use the word violently, praying. We, we sometimes think prayer is just some little old mamby-pamby thing that doesn't require any effort on our part at all. But I think that we really show to God how much we're concerned about something or someone, and we pray earnestly. Well, we read our Bible. I could ask for, I won't, but I could ask, how many read a chapter in the Bible today? Huh? I read my Bible, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You know, we know the 23rd Psalm, maybe we know the 1st Psalm, the 22nd Psalm, and the 24th and 100th. And we consider ourselves as having arrived because we have all this Bible knowledge up here. doesn't get it up here. Get it in here. We need to understand that we must be born again. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. And God wants us to be born of the Spirit of God. It's important for us as we serve the Lord in our churches. It's important to be a teacher. God may have given you the the gift of teaching, and you should surrender to it. Churches following the New Testament guide in the book of Acts elect men to serve as deacons. It's an opportunity. It's a pleasure. It's a joy to serve as a deacon. Thank you, deacons. God bless you. Some would say, well, I'm just doing the best that I can. I'm just doing the best I can. Can't sit. Look, that's what the drunk says. Alcoholics Anonymous is trying to deal with the hearts of people still who are trying to do the best that they can. Best is not good enough. The best is we can do is empower, being empowered by the Holy Spirit of God. It's God's job for us to do the best that we can. God has a plan for your life and for mine. In Genesis, the first chapter, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In, in, the, in uh, uh, the book of John, we're told that the word became flesh and dwelt among us, speaking of the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is the one who empowers us. And God has a great plan for our lives if we yield ourselves to the direction of the Holy Spirit. Our problem, you think, is that uh, we're talking about somebody else. No. The Holy Spirit would be speaking to us, speaks to me. The infidel 
the unbeliever. Uh, I used to use that word a lot until it came to be one of the favorite words of our uh, Muslim friends. We are all infidels if we don't accept or know uh, the, the person of Muhammad, the prophet. But an infidel is a person who does not believe in God. We might call them heathens. We might call them pagans. We might call them something else, whatever. But what God is trying to do with our hearts, this creator God, this one who has spoken the world into existence, is important that we understand. Sometimes it's fun to enter into a, uh, a scientific discussion. I heard a preacher not too long ago uh, in recent days, in fact, he says, uh, now that's not a science book, that's God's book. And if the science disagrees with what God's book says, there's something wrong with the, with the science. Do you know that they used to say the world was flat? <clears throat> And when it talks about the four uh, corners of the earth, that was in, uh, information enough to the flat earth beers. Do, do we know that, realize that there are four points to the earth? The longitude and the latitude, four different places. Uh, north and south, east and west. God's record had that down before we even came to the understanding that there was something on the other side of the Atlantic Ocean uh, from Europe. The world just thought it was right around there, no place else. We've had discussions with uh, uh, teachers in, in college about uh, the earth as it is because the Creator God spoke it into existence. We've had experiences that are rewarding to us eternally. Uh, when I was in the Navy, I decided uh, they had a, what they call fleet exams. You could go ahead and take this exam, uh, a written exam, answer all kinds of questions. And if the, if the score was high enough, uh, you, could go, you could be a candidate to go to Annapolis. Well, that was pretty good, I thought. So I passed the written test, and then I went to the psychiatrist. Now... There were two other guys there at the same time. They set us on the bench outside the psychiatrist's office, all of us naked as jaybirds, no clothes, just sitting there naked. Louis Grizzard said, naked means with no clothes but you're up to something. Well, that's what we were, naked. And they called us into the office one at a time. And we found out later by putting the things together is that the same thing happened. As soon as we sat down, the telephone rang. And you're sitting there with no clothes on, and the guy's talking on the telephone, some silly thing. And then he gets finished. He says, all right, uh, Ms. Banks, why don't you stand up? Okay. Stick your hands out straight in front of you, which I did. He said, do you chew your fingernails? Man, they're bloody. It was always bloody. I used to chew my fingernails, something terrible, but I tell you, I hadn't done it since. And he, he wrote down on his exam a quiet passive lad not considered good material for Annapolis. Huh. I can't imagine me being a quiet passive lad to start with. And if he had told me that same thing today, we'd have a discussion about how quiet and passive I was. 
I know this. The night I asked the pastor to come by and explain to me what happens to me after I die, he explained the, the Roman road, that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God had raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. He missed the blessing because he went home and left me there to figure it out myself. And I'm in the tub bathing. And I'm thinking about the answers to the questions that he gave me. I had the questions, and he had the answers. I didn't know anything about theology. Don't know much now. Didn't know anything about church doctrine. Don't know a whole lot about that now. Uh, didn't know then nor now about human nature. We, we're a mess. All of us are, are in one way or another. Didn't have all the answers then, don't have all the answers now. But there's a song that says, Holy Spirit, breathe on me. And the Holy Spirit of God breathed on me. And I trusted the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And I took him into my heart. And from that time till eternity, I've been born again, saved, on my way to heaven, because of what Christ has done. Now, that's mysterious. A lot of things mysterious. Things that I don't understand. Uh, what is the thing we tell one of your kids? Uh, how can a brown cow under a blue sky eat green grass and make white milk? Well, <laughs> if, you're, if you're a kid, that's kind of mysterious. Uh, the, the Greek word mysterion tells us that it's something that is not understood completely, and therefore we have that from that, the word mysterious. You know, if you get over here and you flip the light switch, and the lights come on. It's kind of mysterious. Now, if you're an electrician, it's not all that mysterious, but to us other people, I know that there's a wire from, from this building or through the walls, to a transformer someplace, and then from there it goes someplace else, and someplace else, and someplace else. It's mysterious. But you see, the electricity runs through a channel, a wire, from yonder to here, and not when we flip the switch, the lights come on, if you pay the bill. Hmm. I go to sleep at night, I hit the bed, I become unconscious. Isn't that good? And while I'm unconscious, my heart continues to beat 70 beats a minute. If you want to extend that as 420 beats to the hour, 18,000 beats uh, to a day. And I don't even have to think about it. Now, I understand this much is that our, our muscles are generating the electricity to make all of this stuff uh, work. How, how can that happen to somebody that once was a polywog or some other little thing in a scum pond? Do we think that we are what we are because we just happen to be? Or are we able to say in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth 
and, and God did all of these things, and Jesus, our great creator God. Well, those are some things that we understand a little bit. But let me tell you something. God changes people. Now, if you're here tonight and you're saved, God made a change in your life. Now, if you look to the person on your right, and you look to the person on your left, and you look to the person in front of you, and look to the person, if you wanted to, behind you, in every single instance, if there's been an experience of grace in their life, God has changed that person, changed you. Changed me. I had a young mother come into the study. And she says, I want to be just like my mother-in-law. <laughs> Who wants to be like their mother-in-law? You know? I said, well, what do you mean? She says, nothing ever happens to Miss Austin that she doesn't have under control. No matter how serious it is, she accepts it as God's will, and she plods her way through it. And she says, that's what I want. Do you know somebody like that? Do you know someone that has such a vibrant, living, powerful testimony that you want to be just like him or just like her? Doug Olden, uh, I guess maybe 30 or 40 years ago, uh, a, a singer who used to abuse his kids. And when he came in the door, he found his son hiding behind the door one day. And the Holy Spirit spoke to his heart, and he became a changed man. And the song that he sang as a song of testimony, uh, thanks to Jesus... <laughs> I don't live here anymore. He was a new man in Christ. He had been born again. He had trusted Christ as a personal Savior. Now, that's not to say that we have a room full of abusers here. Let me tell you something. There is a person who loves you as you are. There is a person who wants to take you and your sinful terrible attitude and change you into a new person. He wants you to be reborn. And then there's the song as we have this sense of his presence in our life. It's real. It's real. It's real. Oh, I know it's real. Praise God, the doubts are settled. And I know that it's real. Now, that's me. I'm convinced because I've seen God work so many ways and so many lives and so many occasions that I know that he's real. And I know that his presence in my life has made me a different person. Can I explain it? Nah, I can't explain all this stuff. I have some notes here 
that there are a hundred billion stars in a galaxy. That's 10 to the 11th power for you mathematical people. There are 10 billion galaxies within the range of a 200-inch telescope. Einstein said that the total space is at least 100,000 times larger than the observable space. Like 100 septillion. That's 10 with 32 zeros after it. Our, our God is real. He spoke all of this into existence. We, we have one who has created all things and has told us that he will see all things. Uh, you want to go to heaven? I do. And I'm able to say that I can go to heaven because I know, right here, know what Jesus has done is a perfect thing. And by my trusting him, I'm going to go there one day. Have you ever thought about how miserable you would be there if you continued to live in this life as you want to live in the life to come? I know some pretty miserable people. claim to be Christians. That's not for me to tell. That's between them and the Lord. But has he put a song in your heart? Has has he made the day-to-day experience, despite anything else, financial uh, offsets, health problems, all all of the things that beset us every day because we are in a life that is prone to have those things. It will be worth it all. When we see Jesus. And I think that what we should be doing. My opinion. I think we should be doing what we can. To enjoy it here. So that it won't be such a terrible shock. When we get in the presence of our Savior. Hmm. John Newton. Was a slave trader. He got saved and wrote amazing grace. Fanny Crosby, blind, but wrote some of the most sweet, precious songs that we have in our hymn books. My dad was 75 years old. I had a missionary to Japan, a missionary friend, went by to visit with him at 10 o'clock at night. My dad called me and said, I want you to be the first one to know that your dad's a Christian. My mom lived with me longer than I lived with her. She lived with us 17 years after my dad had died. She was 82 years old when she got saved. Oh, God is so good. She didn't have many opportunities to serve the Lord because of her advanced age. But we have people in our room here tonight that have a lifetime in front of them or you. Jesus said, marvel not that I say unto you, ye must be born again. And we who are born again should use every opportunity we can 
to serve Him. We got a good dose of that in the message this morning. All of us. We don't need to. We, we talk about the back row being the Baptist, Baptist row. Uh, I don't want to be a Baptist. I don't want to be a back row Christian. I want my life to count for Him. And we want you to seize that opportunity tonight. I don't know who's saved, who's lost. I don't know who the Holy Spirit has been tugging at your heart to do more than you've been doing. But don't put it off. Don't put it off. How many have heard uh, David Ring? You ever hear David Ring? Yeah. David Ring is a full-time evangelist, <clears throat> and he had, has cerebral palsy. And he, he kind of makes fun of himself, but he, he stumbles around as he would, and he, he talks kind of strange, and he says his responsibility is to tell others about Jesus Christ, and his catchword is, I've got cerebral palsy. What's your excuse? Father, speak to our hearts as only you can. I pray, Lord, in the moments that come that these will be precious moments for tonight. And that we'll make some decisions that will be precious moments for the rest of our lives. None here too young, none that are too old. Help me to be what you want me to be. Speak to the hearts of each one. And honor Christ, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. We just have a short invitation. You're invited to come to the forward. And if there's anything you need to say, whatever it might be, if you're lost, you need to get saved. I'll tell you that right away. If the Holy Spirit's been speaking to you, sometimes the Lord speaks to some folks, young people, about serving full-time in a mission field or whatever. If there's anything that God speaks to your heart about, I want you to come to the forward. We're just going to sing one or two verses.